your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. Barry Melrose said on ESPN that the Wilson hit was okay. He called it a, quote, good clean hit, shoulder to shoulder, unquote. And then he said that Zach Aston Reese has got to keep his head up. Melrose wasn't alone. Keith Jones and Mike Milbury of NBC both defended the hit. Jones said point blank that Wilson shouldn't be suspended. And that's why this kind of crap will never stop in the NHL. Because we turn on the TV to watch hockey and we never hear a voice of reason. We hear a bunch of stupid old hockey halfwits wanting the game to be tough. When you legitimize, you perpetuate. Hey, Melrose, Jones, Milbury, guess what? You just made the list! The list brought to you by Matt Mertz, Plumbing Cunt, under name you could trust, dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, Jeremy Roenick said on Twitter it was a clean hit. Daniel Carcillo, the retired goon and hack, says that Wilson targeted Aston Reese's head, and Daniel Carcillo would certainly know. Uh, if the NHL Department of Player Safety had investigated the Kennedy assassination, that have said that Kennedy's head moved in the path of the bullet, and therefore no charges should be filed against Lee Harvey Oswald. How friggin' ridiculous. To me, it's not worth winning that way. If you have to maim your opponent to win, it's just not worth it. Like the Flyers' two Stanley Cups way back when, they come with an asterisk. Because they gooned it up. The Penguin Stanley Cups, all five, carry no asterisk. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. Chris Letang said exactly the right thing today. He said, quote, we can only control between the whistles. Anything you're going to do after the whistle, it's not going to help us. Our focus is to play the game and let the NHL do what they have to do, unquote. Tanger's right on the money with that statement. The Penguins just play. Every time in recent history the Penguins have sought revenge for an incident like the Wilson hit last night, for that matter, the Wilson hit prior on Brian Dumoulin, it's all gone sideways for the Penguins. The way the team is constructed, both literally and emotionally, they have to choose between revenge coupled with losing or playing hockey and giving themselves the best chance to win. I prefer winning, so I think Tanger said the right thing and the Penguins are making the right choice. Although Tanger was a little more emotional after the hit, he saw Wilson uh, laughing on the bench, and he said, go ahead, laugh, mf laugh. Very clear when you saw Tanger talking on the television, 
but the team quickly calmed down and played a good game after that. They didn't lose because of that hit. They didn't lose because they were unnerved. They lost because they didn't real play real smart in the third period and because, to be very blunt, Matt Murray has absolutely got to stop that shot by Niskanen. I'm a Murray guy, a Murray believer, a Murray defender. No excuse for that goal. Matt Murray has to stop that if the Penguins are going to get to where they want to go. I have every faith that Murray will rebound from giving up that goal and play great tomorrow night, but that doesn't take that goal out of the net, and it doesn't take that loss out of the Penguins' one-loss column. Let's go to Justin up town. Justin, you're on with Double M. Keep talking here. You're on the air. So, I I, I think, a long-time hockey player, um, Where'd you and, play? Uh, Montour High School. Wow. That is an impressive resume. You go right ahead and tell me like it is. <laughs> and, uh, and up at Deck Star. And I, oh, Deck uh, Hockey? De- uh, well, you yeah, should worship well. at my altar, young man. <laughs> okay, so what I'm going to I'm not laughing with you, you know. about is defense. Defense. The Penguins' defense is the biggest route that we have. The biggest what? They, they need- okay, Montour. Drop an F-bomb and be a loser your whole life. 412-333-9939. The minute a guy says I played hockey, you know it was excrement hockey and he wasn't any good. 412-333-9939. We got Jeff on hold. We got John on hold. We'll get to you in just a second. And don't forget, we have Dejan at the bottom of the hour. It's the best hockey talk in town. Line up and... Express yourselves better than that Jamoke from Montier High School Hockey did. I mean, come on. If you're going to call up, at least say, I played hockey. I played in, let's say, the minimal acceptable level of achievement you should have on your hockey resume to call up and say, I played hockey. I know what I'm talking about. Let's say Junior A. Junior A or Division One College. Cite your resume if you've played Junior A or Division I college. If you haven't played at that level, if you've played at lower levels, then I'd like you to please shut the hell up. 105.9. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. We are Liverpool, tra-la-la-la. We are Liverpool, tra-la-la-la-la-la-la. First Champions League final since 07. Looking for the first European Cup since 05. Just a great day for Liverpool Football Club. Uh, and I got through a whole show and barely talked about it until it was over. Had one exclamatory uh, on a foul. I th- or offsides, maybe. But, uh, but other than that, I did pretty good today. I did, not because not I didn't want to talk about it, but I'm superstitious. I shouldn't be. I don't believe in it, but I do it anyway. And I've noticed we play better when I don't talk about it. So uh, all went pretty well today in Rome and Liverpool are in the Champions League final. And I could not be happier. I mean, if if uh, if I don't sound absolutely overjoyed, it's not because I'm not, because I absolutely am. We've got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Jim. Jim and Cranberry, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? What's up? 
I played hockey until age eight in my parents' driveway and destroyed the garage door by firing pucks into it. Does that give me credibility? Well, you should have used the ball. I mean, that makes more sense on on concrete. But but do go on. I was eight. I couldn't hadn't figured that out yet. Anyway, on that last goal that Ovechkin scored, I'm surprised more people aren't talking about the fact that it seemed to me like. Uh, Wilson kicked the skates out from underneath. We've been talking about it almost nonstop, bro. You must have been shooting pucks in the driveway uh, when we were. Yeah, uh, uh, Wilson tripped Mata. Now, it was still an ill-advised pinch. You know what the Penguins do? They outsmart themselves sometimes. They like to switch sides on defense, on draws, to get you know the sticks on the inside for better shots. But that yep. that's not good for pinching. And the Penguins controlled the puck so thoroughly that Mata and Latang never had a chance to switch to their regular sides. And Mata got caught pinching down low on his backhand, which is always going to be harder to do. But but you're right. The basic uh, thing that sprung that play was Mata got beat on the pinch, but then Wilson tripped him. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Thank you. Let's go to Adam on Route 51. Adam, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, real quick question. Everybody seems to be asking about Tom Wilson's uh, intent on the hit, and I don't understand why it matters. I mean, if we've seen 10,000 high sticks in our lives, maybe one or two of them have ever been intentional. Uh, but if the damage is Because done, they don't care if people get hurt. They want to give the illusion they care, which is why Wilson may get a token one-game suspension uh, when his hearing is completed sometime well, it should have been completed by now, but but they don't care. They want to give the illusion they care, that they are concerned about brain damage and CT and all that stuff, but they don't care. It's a bunch of stupid hick, maple syrup-snorting Canadians who want the game to be equal parts toughness and skill. They should want it to be all skill. They should be filtering the toughness out because that's what sells. That's what the casual fan wants to see, but they want to make toughness a big part of it. And where they're mistaken is they must not have dictionaries up there in Canada. Actually, I suspect they have very few books of any kind. But uh, but but what Tom Wilson did isn't tough. It's an incredibly cowardly act to blindside somebody and lunge at his head. But that's the Canadian definition of toughness. But which is why the, they it's a good thing they have us to fight their wars for them. Real quick, if the average fan wants offense, then at least a two-minute penalty gives the opportunity well, I just don't want to see guys maimed. I'm not too concerned about the power play and, and you know, not getting a man advantage out of that just right now. But, yeah. uh, but, but the NFL gets it right. The NFL knows the fans want points. They want offense. So they legislate the rules thusly. They know they've lost a lot of money already on concussion lawsuits, brain damage, that sort of thing. So they're trying to get that legitimately out of the game. They might eliminate the kickoff altogether is a story that was was breaking earlier this afternoon. The NFL gets it. The NHL's stupid. Let's go to Keith on the road. Keith, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, Mark, I thought that when you lunged at somebody or left your feet, that was an automatic penalty. Uh, He did leave his feet, not by a lot, but he clearly drove his shoulder through Ashton Reese's head. Yeah, and his skate was off the ice, too. Yeah. Slightly, but yeah, it was. I mean, if you leave the ice, you leave the ice. Your your weight is more totally transferred into the hit. Okay. Thank you for the call. Interesting story. Here's here's some more breaking news. I'm not sure anybody will care about this, but, but it's breaking news nonetheless. 
Eric Reed, the 49ers safety, who can't get a job now, he says it's because he was kneeling for the national anthem along with Colin Kaepernick. And it rings true because he's a real good safety. He's not some jabroni backup like Kaepernick is. He's a legitimate starting safety in the NFL, and he can't get a job. Well, he's filed a collusion grievance against the NFL, saying the league is conspiring to keep him out of football because he knelt for the national anthem. But I don't think he has a case because other guys who knelt have got jobs. You know, he was just more visible and part of the Kaepernick thing, like, you know, kneeling right next to him. If teams don't want to employ him, how can they be made to? I mean, again, I, I am right down the middle with this because I think those guys had the right to do it. Had I been them, I would not have done it. I would not have seen the gain for the cause or for myself as an individual. And now that they have done it, I don't feel like teams should be forced to employ them. You know, we all make choices. And the guys who raised the glove fist at the 68 Olympics, uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, they lost their careers because of what they did. And they felt that that was worth it. So before Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and whoever else knelt or whatever it was the frig they did, the various forms of protest across the NFL, they should have known that that was a price they might pay and either be prepared to pay it or not do what they did. What they did wasn't wrong. What the teams are doing isn't wrong. And I laugh when I see some Hollywood celebrity invariably said, every team in the NFL, who, who, who tweeted this? I forget. He tweeted, every team in the NFL is an a-hole for not employing Colin Kaepernick. No, they're just businessmen. That's all they are is businessmen. Up next, from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Dejan Kovacevic on 105.9. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. Double M on the X, joined now by Dejan Kovacevic from DKPittsburghSports.com, the Serbian reactionary. Dejan, what's your reaction to the Wilson hit? We still don't know if there's a suspension, the hearing. Uh, maybe going on as we speak, but uh, just looking at it and having a hearing is long overdue because, after all, it's the guy's third clear-cut headshot in nine playoff games. Well, keep going. I mean, you can go back to this past preseason when he was suspended for six total games for going after two St. Louis rookies. Uh, well, no, those game. were two separate incidents. He got uh, suspended for two preseason right. games and a four. then another incident for four regular season right. games. Right, but that was he was suspended for four regular season games for an action in the preseason. So both of the actions were in exhibitions. And he, he's just that, Mark. He's a scumbag. He's a, he's a loose cannon who is completely comfortable with hurting people. Uh, I was trying to come up with a list of people in sports that I could compare that to in a column today, I, you know, Vontez Burfecht. Vontez Burfecht is the He's first Vontez one that comes Burfecht to mind. Skates. Well, let's throw in Matt Cook. You know, from his time with the Penguins, there's a reason the Penguins came down on him as hard as they did. You know, Bill Romanowski, guys like that, they just have no respect at all for the game. Uh, how you look at that hit, though, that one. I mean, the Dumoulin one, you could, you know, draw up all different kinds of scenarios. But where he launches himself upward into a guy who is four inches shorter than him, and elevates to the point where he ends up vertically into the Capitals' bench. I mean, it's textbook. It's textbook of targeting the head. A textbook intent, but intent 
really shouldn't have anything to do with it. Nope. As Ken Dryden says, as Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM, said on our show earlier this week. Now, uh, what suspension are you expecting? I, 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 well, no, no, no. I think he gets. I think he gets one game to appease the Penguins and to appease those who want uh, stuff like this punished. They don't care, but they are in the PR business, and that I think will put them in the appeasement. Business. I think if anything will bother George Paros and the guys at the NHL is that he embarrassed them. You know, well, George Paros is a pig. You know what I'm saying. There's though. no way a guy. You know what I'm saying. There's no way a guy who did nothing but violate player safety should be in charge of player he, safety. He has this. That's one of the dumbest hires in the history of, of hires. hires. <laughs> yes, one of. He has this. Uh, he has this thing where he, Paris hooked up with Tom Wilson apparently before sometime before the playoffs and they had this conversation about like well what can I do and what can I do Wilson was well, the that, one who reached not, out to them that's not George Paros's job to no. coach players on what they can and can't no. do but you know what that is that's a goon talking to another goon that's, it's that's two all that goons is commiserating and 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 George Paris I found this quote uh, he wouldn't talk to us last night, but he talked to the New York Times three weeks ago for this extensive interview, and he was talking about how the hardest part of his job is telling guys that they're suspended and telling their GMs, really? Dude, how about sitting in that press box last night and watching what you created? How about watching Zach Aston Reese have his jaw busted open in a concussion? George Paris is an absolute pig. It's like putting a mass murderer on the United States Supreme Court. That now- should be the hardest part of his job, Mark. Here, here's some other problems I have uh, in relation to the Wilson hit. A, people are defending it. All the ex-players and coaches on TV, Barnaby. Barry Melrose, Keith Jones, <laughs> Mike Milbury, Jeremy Roenick, that's bad for hockey. And how can hockey let those guys represent the game and what the game wants and stands for on national TV? Yeah. Because the NFL would not. The NFL wouldn't. And and that's where it all comes down to, and I know this sounds like a boring cop-out of an answer, but it just does come down to Gary Bettman, because this starts at the top. The culture, the mindset that Gary Bettman allowed when he was excessively, pathetically influenced by Brian Burke when Burke was his underling. Burke's the ultimate NHL dinosaur. And for those who don't know, he used to be, in addition to Bettman's second-hand man, he's now the, the president of the Calgary Flames, which is why they go nowhere. Well, no, I, he got let go. You're behind. I am? Yes. Well, that's good news for hockey right there. Maybe the NHL will reemploy him. He'll wind up somewhere else. Yeah, may- maybe they will. But uh, That's why, though, Mark. Those guys, they, they see that, and Bettman was influenced by that early in his tenure. Well, they want the game to be equal parts tough and skill. I, I, you're giving them too much credit. Bettman was just excessively influenced by these guys early in his tenure and never let go of the idea that this is hockey. Another peripheral thing that makes me mad about that hit, Aston Reese had to get hurt badly to even get Wilson a hearing. That shouldn't be what it takes. I knew there would be hearing, and Mike Sullivan played this well, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. When he said after the game, immediately. What was wrong? That Aston Reese had a broken mm-hmm. jaw and a concussion. I think that put Wilson in the soup more than he would have been. Yeah, because normally the Penguins would tell the NHL. They would let NHL player safety know what the injury is, and I'm sure they did with Brian Dumoulin. But in this case, he wanted to put them on the spot. He wanted to embarrass them a little bit, assuming that they can even be embarrassed. What a league. What a, listen to the stuff we're talking about here. That game last night theoretically could have been oh, with, a without great the, one. without the Wilson hit. It's an all time classic. I mean, you, you know, one thing I guarantee you, even in Washington, they're not talking about their generational goal scorer and the fantastic goal he scored there at the end. You know why? Because that guy also slew footed Oli Mata to make the two on one happen. 
I'd call it a trip more than a slew foot. Whatever but, you'd call it. But there should have been a pen for sure. Now, how will the Penguins respond tomorrow night, both to the Wilson hit and to losing game three? They won't respond to the Wilson hit. They, who, who's going to do that, Mark? Who's going to do that? Jamie Alexiak? All Alexiak's going to do is challenge someone to fight well, him. Alexiak wanted to fight Wilson, and Wilson wouldn't go. And he's going to challenge people to fight him, and no one's going to fight him. Who would fight Jamie Alexiak other than Ryan Reeves, who isn't around anymore? So it, it, you're not going to see some great big challenge. I think... If the Penguins are going to be motivated, you're, and if you're going to see the best version of themselves, what are they going to do? They're going to skate. I mean, that's what I heard from guys last night. That's what they were telling me. No, they said what, all the right things they, afterward. Well, I don't know that they were just saying them. I, oh, I, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 I agree. I mean, I, I have no doubt that they would all love to cause Tom Wilson great physical pain, not necessarily injuring him, but whatever. But at the same time, that look, the most painful thing that they can do to the Capitals is the same thing they always do to the Capitals, which is beat them. Um, why are the Penguins allowing so many odd man breaks? Not just the one that decided the game, but they allowed four two-on-one breaks in the last 10 minutes of a tied Stanley Cup playoff game, and that just can't happen. No, and I, I know that you asked Barry Trotz about that at the press conference last night, and he, he you wanted a technical answer, and he wasn't going to give it to you, obviously. Uh, what, I, what I'm seeing right now from the Capitals is they're, they're keeping a couple of forwards up high, and making sure that they track the Penguins' defensemen when they pinch. And if you look at that sequence last night, that's what happened. Wilson was over there before the trip, pressuring Mata. Mata makes the really lousy pass there into the middle that ends up triggering it the other way. They're following the Penguins' defensemen back in on the pinch. It's an unusual uh, defensive plan. You know who used to do that? It was Kevin Constantine. So he, he's Trotz is actually kind of from that same era of defensive coaches. Well, it's a good strategy. It and, is. It works. I, I think that the Penguins defensemen need to be more judicious when they pinch, not go after any puck that's not a 50-50 or better puck, yep. and they need to get more of a piece of the Capitals player. They're looking to just steal the puck. you, you got to play equal parts man, equal parts puck, and if it sounds difficult, it's because it is. It is. But you still got to do it. And you know who did it really well last night, better than anybody? Brian Dumoulin, who was absolutely wonderful at both ends of the rink, uh, especially coming off... Uh, the injury that he had, uh, his pinches were outstanding. He was able to work his way into the zone in a safe situation, and a forward is able to cycle back. Uh, remember, that's the other part of this, too. You do need the forward coming back. But Chris Letang told me last night, uh, in no uncertain terms, that I, I think you're going to see them be a little bit more careful about pinching without going away from who they are. Now let's look at the positive for a second. That Sid line is on fire and this is the best hockey Jake Gensel's ever played, even better than last year when he led the playoffs with 13 goals. Because he hasn't hit that slump. And, and that's when you start wondering. Well, he did a bit during the regular season. No, no, no. I, production... meant, I meant in these playoffs. Oh, right. No, he, he's I, he hasn't even had an off game. You're right. I mean, between the Philadelphia and Washington series. And remember that even in the playoffs last year, it was during the Ottawa series where he kind of hit a little bit of a wall, and then it wasn't until the big goal against Nashville that he kind of woke back up again. When he starts doing things like that move that undressed Dmitry Orlov. Right. That's when you start wondering, you know what? Maybe this actually was just a really great draft pick by Ray Shiro and his <laughs> scouts. Do you know what I'm saying? No, Jake's a good player. He's a coach. I, I mean, he doesn't often make mistakes, and he he, he, he really does uh, reset. Like, that's the cliche term. Matt Murray uses it all the time, but he resets he after does. bad shifts and bad games. He does. He keeps his brain clean. And, and, and the other thing, I, I, I like you mentioned being a coach's kid, Mike Gensel, who's a really busy guy, you know, uh, as a collegiate, as an NCAA head coach, still finds Associate time. Coach, yeah. Still finds time to be around Jake, including in person, 
and they communicate all the Around time. Ron Jake, he was at my sh- radio show last night at Buford's Fifth Avenue. There you go. Uh, Didn't he, seem to he, know what to make of it. <laughs> he is, he is, uh, he's, he's an excellent hockey mind and a great resource for Jake. Now, uh, let's look at the negative uh, up front. The Penguins are getting zero scoring beyond that Sid line, and the defensemen are contributing much defensively either. Uh, how do you fix that, or can you? Or does somebody just have to start scoring, for God's sake? Well, here's a classic case of preaching to the choir, considering the host of this program, but... Malkin and Kessel need to play together. But that, but you know what though, I've don't always, tell me you're changing. No, your tune I know I've always said that, but it's tough to do when they're both playing hurt and uh, each has a little less mobility because of it. Yeah, but Phil really moved last night. That was the first time he moved. He got his skates going. He's just not making good decisions with the puck right now. I think now. his he's shoulders hurt. His I think that's the injury. He, he's he's hesitant to shoot the puck. Yeah, I think it's hand or wrist, but I'm not sure. I, I, I know that it's whatever it is, it's clearly it's something that's upper body that's affecting. He's not shooting. He's not ripping the puck at I, all. I thought Gino looked good. Gino was I, I fine. I thought he had some jump. I, I thought he had – there were some bad touches he made just based on not having played for a week. Yep. But but those disappeared as the game grew older. I mean, a player of that caliber is going to snap back into it fairly quick. So if you go with, let's say, Hagelin's going to come back, and it would appear based on him practicing in a contact sweater today that he will. If Hagelin is back, then you go with Malkin and Kessel and Hagelin? I don't know. I don't think Hagelin's back. You know what I might try? But they mm-hmm. won't. Mm-hmm. I might try Broussard on left wing with Kessel and Malkin. And what, Marquise already is way too much on the perimeter. I don't want him on the wing. Yeah, Honestly, but he, he has but, to get involved but he works, at some point. But he works hard and he skates like crazy. He skates like crazy, but he's got it. He, last night he got into well, his first okay, two or three you, skirmishes. Who would you put with Malkin and Kessel if uh, Hagelin's not available? Rust. Uh, he's a right wing. He's the cure-all. He's a right wing. So you put Phil on the left. That, that, no. I, I'm just saying that you... No what, way. That's just I, awful. I, let's put it this way. My thought process would begin, and I think theirs will too, with somehow, what do we do to get Malkin and Kessel together? I think they're going to start from that and see where it goes. It shouldn't go with either Rust or Kessel at left wing. Uh, Matt Murray led in a bad... Oh, we're talking today's on Kovacevic, brought to you by Walnut Grill. Uh, Matt Murray led in a bad goal last night, that Niskanen goal. That's not necessarily indicative of Murray's overall play, but it was very costly. It was. And, you know, I've seen some super crazy slow-mo close-ups of the goal. Oh, where his pad, like, flipped over. It just doesn't look like it was on very tight. Yeah, why would that happen? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, like it looked like it turned a little bit, and the puck kind of exactly kinda rolled over it. Yeah, for anybody who's ever, if you ever looked the back of a goaltender, goaltender's leg pad, it just has you know three straps that go across the back. Um, it kind of forms like a semicircle, and if if it's loose, that pad is going to kind of twist. And this can hit it pretty hard, but that's got to be stopped in that situation a hundred times out of a hundred. Uh, whether it's the glove, the pad, whatever it is, um, it's unscreened. He, you know, Murray said that he said there was kind of a flyby screen, and there was, but he had a clean shot, a uh, clean view of that shot, and didn't make the save. And you know what, what? What bothered me more though, Mark, was that before that, I got the sense that he was kind of iffy on longer shots in general. You know, he was letting them go through him. He wasn't handling them right. But there was he that was one bad angle them. shot that, that trickled just past the far post. He's got to be better. And right now, Braden Holtby's out I don't think he's him. been terrible, nope, but, but he's got to be better. I Braden, think that's fair. Braden Holtby's been better, and to me, that's been, from a hockey standpoint, the biggest difference in the series. Um, We talked before about the lack of uh, scoring from the second, third, and fourth lines. What about the defense not pitching in with, with goals or even many assists? Because, like I've said repeatedly, 
I understand the notion of the defenseman joining every rush. I understand the notion of the defenseman pinching down low to get pucks because that's their style. But if defensemen don't produce because of it, it's un- it's risk without reward. And-, and that's when you have to dial it back once you realize that. Yeah, although they, they, they do more pinching just to sustain the attack as, as opposed to getting goals out of it. And the, on the power play is really where you need to see you know, scoring from the points here. I thought Justin Schultz had a really good overall offensive game. Yeah, but there were, there were a couple times he joined the rush. And, and, and just missed out. Yeah. Well, a, and I wish it would have been somebody else. And, and <laughs> it's well, terrible he, to say. He, no, he misses the net. He does. Yeah, he, he missed the net clean one time. And he and the other time he put it right into Holpe's shoulder. Well, no, he actually had a pretty yeah. good shot short side that yeah. almost snuck in, but Holpe made the save. Yeah, so he, uh, you know, yeah, you need to get somebody else involved. Uh, but that listen to what we just talked about earlier, though. You know, you also want them to be careful because you're giving up you know what is it? Twelve two. Oh no, I don't want them to be. Up? I don't want them to be as involved. Well, but you want them to score. No, I want them to to score if they get involved. Yeah, if I they're not. I, if so they, don't get as involved. From a, I, all I want them to do with the pinch and jumping in the rush. Yeah, is to pick their spots, support, play scoring situation, and understand who they are. Case in point, Chad Ruweedle could jump into every rush he wants. He's not going to help that much. Well, he can because if he jumps into the rush, and this is this is what I think you're saying here is that he offers another player that the other team has to defend. You're not sitting there taking names as they're coming down the rink. You know, and you spread that out and you maybe some, create some a little bit more room. Smart players do. Some will. Smart players do. Uh finally what's going to happen tomorrow night? I think Pittsburgh wins. I think it's a seven game series. Yeah, I, I I've said pretty much from the beginning that I, I thought it was going to be seven uh mostly because I thought there were a couple problems that Penguins would be presented with in terms of Washington's power play and that's been the case. Um, at some point or other, you got to keep Alexander Ovechkin from scoring. But the real answer, the real answer, is that they need to have their first significant sustained offensive attack other than those six minutes in game one. That's Dejan Kovacevic. Check out DKPittsburghSports.com. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. 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 Dial 412-333-WXDX and ask Mark anything. 105.9. This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. We've conquered all of Europe. We're never gonna stop. From Paris down to Turkey, we've won the effing lot. Big day today in Rome up. Liverpool now in the Champions League final. Time to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by Chipino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house, so be sure to check out Chipino in the Strip. You know what sucks about the hockey scheduling this week? I missed Reb Beach at Jurgles last night. I'm going to miss Donnie Iris at Jurgles on Saturday because of Penguin Games. Sucks. Let's go to Rick in Dormont. Rick, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Um, I'm just wondering if you have any concern about after you hang it up, the legacy that you will leave. Because I have a feeling that there's a chance the Hoi Poi might give you a Tom Barrasso treatment because of your contentiousness towards Oh, college. I couldn't possibly care less. Once you're done, you're done. Once you're dead, you're dead. Uh, well, and I think my legacy will be one of success and charisma at any rate. I mean, I don't think I've done anything to be ashamed of. I've polarized the audience and become rich because I know what I'm doing. Where's the shame in that? I don't think there's any shame in it. Yeah, I mean, dead drunk Myron, he has his legacy. I have mine. I'm content with mine. 
I hope he is with his, but he's probably too drunk in the afterlife to even remember what he said and did. Not to be critical. Let's go to Ned and Shale or Ned. Ask Mark anything. Hello, Mark. Hello, Ned. Uh, here's my question. How do you feel about Broussard and Shahan's performance since joining the Pens? Broussard's been disappointing, but not cataclysmically so. Shane's been perhaps even a little better than I expected, but not cataclysmically so. What do you think? You hit the nail right on the head. I think they're both a little bit disappointed. Now, now here's the thing. People, if, if you say Shane's overachieving a bit, I'd agree. If you say that Broussard's underachieving a bit, I would also agree. But let me ask you. Given the over and underachieving, who's a better hockey player right now? Shahan. No, that's that's just not true. It's Derek Broussard. Derek Broussard underachieving a little is better than Riley Shane overachieving a little. It's just that Riley Shane went 79 games last year without a goal, so he got what 10 this year. It yeah. seems like it seems like Bobby Howe when he scored 50 for the first time. But Derek right. Broussard's still a better hockey player. What a day! From the misery of last night to the glory of today, and hopefully tomorrow, we'll go better for the local hockey club. Good talk. See you out there. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.